How's everybody doing today? You feeling the presence of the Lord? I am. And even if I didn't feel it, I know he's here. You know why? Because we're all together. Two or three are gathered in his name. He's present with us. Hallelujah. I'm very thankful to be here. I'm grateful for what God is doing in our church. I'm grateful for the board. I'm grateful for our delegates. I'm grateful for our ushers. I'm grateful for every person that works in this church. What a blessing to have people that want to work for the Lord. Is that awesome? You ought to give yourself a hand clap. I'm so excited today. You know, I didn't get a preach last week. Somebody took over, and you know who that was. I was surprised when she wore her African gown. I was like, she didn't tell me that. I was like, man, you're going all out, ain't you? And I guess she had a good time um, at the women's conference, and they're still doing it today. So I'm so thankful for my wife. Uh, what a blessing to be married to a godly woman. The Bible says, he that findeth wife findeth a good thing. And the blessings of the Lord. Anybody ever found a wife before? Anybody married? You got a good thing. What a blessing. And we do want to pray. I want to do a quick prayer for um, David's mom. She had some heart trouble this weekend. And it's hopefully it's not serious. But I told David, look, you go see your mom. Your mom's way important than anything you could do in this church. Your mom is far more important. Is that right? So David's down there. Uh, being with his mom. So let's just have a quick word of prayer for her and then also for Gene, because Gene did try to make it and tried to um, help out, but uh, he's kind of in pain. He's had a procedure, and, and he's going through some stuff. So And even his wife uh, is got the replaced knee, but she's doing well, and so she's actually ministering to him. So, Father, we just thank you so much for Gene and for Joyce. We just pray, Father, you just bless them and help them in their bodies. Thank you so much for just the servant heart, willing to, you know, even come to the, the potluck Friday, not feeling up to par, but just there as a, a warrior for you, God. I thank you for them, and I thank you for David, and I thank you for Lisa, his mom. I just pray in Jesus' name. You touch his mom right now, Lord God. Father God, you're the healer of the heart, Father. You're the healer of the broken heart, and I just pray in Jesus' name, you just let Touch her body, touch David, touch her dad and her family. Just reassure them that you're with them and that we know that we have hope in you. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about something. Um, I want to say it in Swahili first. It's called Tu Maini. Tu Maini. Everybody say Tu Maini. Now I'm going to tell you what that means in a second. They already know. But I'm going to talk about that and it, what it is. And, and in Spanish, it's esperanza. Familia, you know esperanza? And what it is, we're going to talk about hope. 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 How many hoping for some stuff? Anybody hoping for anything? We're going to talk about some hope. But we're going to talk about what true hope, biblical hope is. And so... Um, you know, the Bible says in Corinthians at the end of the beautiful chapter about love, it says three things continue forever. Faith, hope, and love. 
and you know, a lot of times, uh, things when they get in the middle, they sometimes get neglected or sometimes get overlooked or sometimes they're not cherished. And I know that's true, like even when um, with families, like bigger families, you know, the ones in the middle, the kids in the middle, they sometimes get forgotten a little bit. You know how I know? I was in the middle. And I had children in the middle, and I got a couple people in the middle. And what it is is, you know, you get your first kid, and what you do, oh, it's so beautiful, the baby, baby, and everybody's all excited and wonderful. I mean, I was very excited because I, I got my man child, a boy, and then my second child was a girl. My third child was a boy, and it was boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, six of them, just like that, production line, you know how it is. And, uh, but sometimes people in the middle get missed because at the end, they, they're blessed again because the final baby, oh, this is the baby again, we got a baby. They get spoiled. The one in the beginning gets it the most, and then in the middle, sometimes they get a little neglected. And I thought I would never do that because, um, you know, I'm the middle person, so I would never do that with my kids. And then we were going through our photo album, and I find out that um, my daughter's, one of my kids said, hey, uh, why is it there that many pictures of me? <laughs> I was like, because you're in the middle, that's why, no. But, uh, it not, and I didn't mean to, but it just happened to be that way. Well, I think just because hope is in the middle between faith and love, it's just as important, and matter of fact, it's just as powerful. And I believe like hope, faith, and love is like the trinity of our faith. It's combined, they work together, they interact together, they are mended together. And I want to go to the scriptures in, um, in Romans 5, 1 through 5. I want to read this scripture uh, to start off about hope. Uh, I don't have no overhead, so you guys are going to have to pull your Bible out, your phone out, or do something, okay? Or just trust me that I'm reading the Bible, okay? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How many got peace with God? The world might be upside down. The world might be shaken. It might be nasty. It might be ugly. But if you got peace with God, you got peace with the right person. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have access by faith into the grace which we stand. And we rejoice in hope. We rejoice in hope. When's the last time you just started going like this? Thank you, Lord, for hope. When's the last time you just rejoiced in hope? Paul said we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only that, but we also, glor we also glory in tribulations. How many get excited when you come to a trial? Yay, I'm in a trial. Wee! No, nah, I don't think so. Most people don't. But we can glory when we go into a trial. We can be excited knowing that we have hope through the trial. Let me, let me, give you a, uh, let me finish this reading, and then I'll give you a definition of hope still in the English and in the he, uh, Greek. Okay, so um, we could glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. Now, one thing about, one thing about us, we, we have gifts, we have talents. But character is developed. You don't get it overnight. And a lot of times you just got to go through the fire to get it, don't you? Just got to go through some trials. 
Usually when you get done with that trial, when you all brush up all the dust, you're actually a better person because your character has been developed. And that's why you could glory in that. It says your character, uh, your, your perseverance and character, and character comes to hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope will never disappoint you. If you hope in the things of God, you will never be disappointed. You might say, well, that didn't work out the way I want, but God will never leave you, forsake you in your hope that you have in him. Hope is never disappointed. I like the old King James that says, hope maketh not ashamed. It maketh not ashamed. You'll never be ashamed by hoping in the Lord. And so what happened is it says, hope will not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given us. And that is the affirmation, that is the confirmation, that is the seal, that is the, the endowment when the Holy Spirit's inside your life, it's saying that you not only know hope, but you're experiencing hope. Now, for the definition of hope, you know, we, we mostly know it as just kind of a definition, you know, the feeling of uh, uh, what, uh, feeling that what we can, what we wanted can be had, that the events will turn out for the best to give us hope. We, we believe that things are going to hope out. A particular instance of feeling, of hope, of winning, I hope to win today. How many hopes to win when you're doing something? I know when, uh, one thing about Christians, you know, they're, they seem all mild and nice, but you get in a game, they get pretty competitive, competitive, don't they? Like, dang, man, I know you. You want to win. And you're not even hoping to win, but you I hope to win, but I'm going to win if I can. And so we, it's a hope to win. And then um, a person or a thing which expectations are centered, the, the medicine was, was her last hope. Sometimes things are our last hope. And then sometimes hope is for you know, for forgiveness is my consent, is my constant hope. I want forgiveness, I'm constantly hoping for it. So hope in, the, in the, our now vernacular, we have turned hope from the scriptural uh, means of hope, we have turned it and we have watered it down where it not only, it doesn't become a solid hope where it, it's a noun, it becomes a verb that is just saying, I wish possibly this could happen for me. Well, in, with the, the word, with the, uh, the old archaic word, I like archaic words. You know why? Because sometimes they're just right. The old way is the right way. The archaic word for hope is to place trust, to rely on, to depend on, to p depend on in. Now, in the Hebrew word, it's, it's elpis. That's a New Testament. It means to be favorable and confident expectation, to do with the unseen and the future. Hope is built in the, in, is, is the, hope is built in the framework of truth and promise. If you have a true promise, you can put your hope in it and it becomes a solid evidence. You know, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Amen. Faith is a, it's, it's a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a something that has substance and you hope it becomes a solid rock to us. Okay? So that is what hope is. I want to read a, um, a few scriptures on hope and we're going to uh, go from there. So um, in uh, Romans 15, 4, it says this. For whatever things were written beforehand was written for our learning 
that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Not the hope that's saying, oh, hopefully, I hope this Bible will last through the ages. I hope that if I trust in God that I might get this. It's no, it's, it brings hope where it says, I know if the Bible says it, I know it's going to come to pass. I have a solid rock. I have a foundational truth that is hope, and I hold on to it. Everything, check this out, for whatever thing was written beforehand was written for our learning so we could learn, and that we might through patience and comfort of the scriptures find hope. Not a wishy-washy, but a solid belief and trust and reliance in God. You know, uh, the Bible says this, we're going to be looking, somebody's looking for Jesus to come back. You, you know, if, if you ain't looking, it don't matter, you're coming. Whether you're ready or not. You know, we, you guys, when you were kids, you ever play hide and go seek? Anybody ever played that? No, you could admit it. You don't need to repent. You don't have to go to the altar for doing that. But you played hide and go seek, and you would be counting to 100, and then you'd say, ready or not, here I come. Well, guess what? God's saying the same thing. He's been counting, he's been knowing, and he's going to come. Ready or not, well, he's going to come. We need to be ready and, be, and count it as a hope. This is what it says in Titus 2.13. It says this, looking for the blessed hope. Not a wishy idea, but looking for the hope. Why is it hope? Because we know that when Jesus comes, it's going to be real. He's going to divide the evil from the good. He's going to give us eternal life, and it's going to be awesome, and it's true, and it's just, and it's solid, and it's a now. The blessed hope of his coming and the appearance of the great God, Jesus Christ. I like where John talks about when he talks about the hope and he talks about Jesus coming, he says this in 1 John 3, 3, it says this, everyone who has this we're going to be getting some hope going on today, aren't we? Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he's pure. Look, if we are living, looking for the blessed hope, which is not if and short of and kind of maybe going to come, but is going to come, if you walk in that way in the mind knowing that Christ is coming, it's going to purify your life. You're going to make right choices because you know that one day, soon, we're going to see the king. And so it purifies ourselves. Now, in, in, um, in, um, in uh, Romans 15, 13, this is the King James. It says, now, the God of hope, what is he a God of? He's a God of hope. He's not a God of wish. He's not a God of perhaps. He's a God of hope. You know, his hope is yea. The Bible says his word is yea and amen. It's not maybe, sort of. No, it's yes, yes, and then put an amen on it. Bingity bang, like that. God is sure and he's true. And it says, now the God of hope, here's what Paul was praying. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and believing that you may abound. May you just flourish in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. It can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the New Living Translation, I like this, the same verse that says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, he is the very source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, peace, 
because you trust in him, you rely on him. And then you'll be overflowed with confidence, hope, through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is our source of hope. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't um, if the Republicans win or the Democrats win or if all those meetings go across the world, work out well, or if this happens, if the economy does this, or if I train for this and I do that. No, God is the source of hope. God is a solid foundation of hope. Only God could do it. Amen. Hallelujah. But then it says in the Amplified Version, the, the same verse, I like this, in the Amplified Version, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. When you have this hope, even though you might be going through a trial, that's why he, Paul prayed, he says, glory through your tribulations. Even though I know I'm going to be fried up and be burnt up in my trial, I can feel, be filled with joy at the same time. The God of hope fill you with joy and peace, believing through the experience of your faith that the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promise. Remember, hope is built around the framework of truth and promises. How many has ever been lied to before? Don't need to raise your hand because y'all are going to do it. If you haven't, you will be someday. Because people make mistakes. People can't hold out the truth. People sometimes just can't finish what they said they were going to do. But with God, he cannot lie. He will never lie to you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you always, even to the very end. God and his truth. Now, hope should make a difference in our life. There should be a difference in our life because of hope. We should be like the world. We should be walking around just all gloom and doom and saying, oh, it's so bad, it's so this. There should be something different about us. Because Christ in us is what? The hope of glory. Christ is. All the hope, the foundation of hope is built around Christ being inside of you. And we should make a difference. Hallelujah. I like where David said this. David said this in Psalms 119, uh, 74. This is the New King James Version. He says, those who fear you will be glad when they see me. Why? Because I have hope in your word. Everybody else might be forsaken. Everybody else might say the scriptures are not inspired by God. Everybody else might say that Bible ain't true and it ain't working right. But guess what? There's somebody standing here right now, believes in the word, and will never fade from believing in the word. And people should be that way. Us as a church, where we have confidence and we have boldness in God, knowing that our hope will never fail. And people who fear God should look at you and say, man, I'm glad. Somebody believe it in the word. Man, that's good. Bravo, bravo. It's good because David said they will be glad when they see me because I have not given up my hope in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know the Bible says, the Bible says that hope will make us not ashamed. Are we ashamed of the hope that's within us? It should make a difference. Check this out. 
God said in, in, in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, New King James, it says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Set God apart in your heart. That's where Christ comes. He doesn't come. We've seen the cross. We've seen the things. We take the communion. But Christ's spirit comes in us, and we set him apart for our heart. We give him our heart. We don't just say a religious prayer, but we give him our life. We give our soul, our energy, our love, our passion. And we sanctify him. We set him apart because he's worthy of all praise and all glory. And he's worthy of our lives. And so we set him apart, he says. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And be ready always to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the reason of the hope. Why are they asking you? They say, what? What, what, what's up with you? What's up? What's up with you? Don't you, haven't you seen the news? Did you hear about the horrible shootings? Did you hear about the economy? Could go down, go down? Did you hear about the division? Did you hear about the wars and the rumors of wars? Why are you standing there with peace in your heart and you have joy? What is the reason of that hope? God wants to see us with that hope. And people are looking for hope because the world right now is in a hopeless situation anything that isn't built on christ's rock is sand and the foundation is sinking deeply but we stand not because in our own righteousness but we stand believe and hope in god and he said if any man asks you for the reason of the hope within you that you would answer them with meekness and a reverence and a fear you don't answer like, I got hope because I'm a Christian. You ain't. No. You answer them and say, man, God came in my life. I was struggling before. I was, I was hopeless. I was lost without hope, dying in this world at one time. But somehow, God in his mercy came and knocked at my door, and I received him, and I repented of my sins. And now I have Christ the hope of glory dwelling in me. I can't help it. I'm going to be happy. I can't help it. I'm going to have confidence. I can't help it that I'm going to have assurance because I know that Christ is the hope of glory and he's in me. And I want to share that with you in meekness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus in me. Again, I said that before, but in Colossians 1.27, it says, to God will to make known what are the riches. What is the riches? A lot of people are like, I want revelation. I want understanding. What are the riches? What is the understanding? What are the nuggets of God? What is the precious jewels of wisdom? What is it? Paul answers here to the Colossians. He says, he says, to them to make known what are the riches and the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Yeah, the world's messed up, but guess what? Christ is in you. And he is all the riches, the wisdom, the knowledge of God dwelling in you. You don't even need a certificate. Of graduation, you don't even have to be able to know how to read. You can have Christ's riches and glory within you. Hallelujah. And it's made available for us. You know, in Psalms it says this. I like this scripture by um, 
in, in Psalms where David talks to himself. Anybody ever talk to himself when they're in a trial? Man, I'll be walking around, oh, why does this thing happen to me? Like, who are you talking to myself? Why are you talking? Because I feel cast down. I feel, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm depressed. I feel like I don't have it all together. David's saying, hey, why, is, why are you cast down? He's like, bro, I got hope in you. I trust in your word. But even in that, sometimes I'm cast down. And he said, he said that I'm cast down, oh, my soul. Why are you disquieted? Why are you disappointed within me? And then he, then he says, oh, I know what the answer is. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him and the help of my countenance and my God. I will praise him who's the help of my countenance and my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember one time I was going through a trial and a, I mean, a big trial, worst trial I ever had in my life. And I was disappointed. A lot of people sometimes point the fingers at you when you're in a trial. You know, one thing worse in the world is when you're in a trial and you got a Christian sister or brother talking bad about you. Is that bad? Anybody got some salt for the wounds? Sometimes we're, we're the best on, you know, trying to figure out what people are. Sometimes we just need to leave them alone and pray for them. Have you ever heard of that? Just leave them alone and pray for them. Love on them. Bless them. Well, I was in a trial, and I was in a trial so bad that I was getting discouraged. One day, I, I called my phone, and I left a message on it. This is before the trial. I called the phone, and I left a message on it, you know, before the heat of my trial. And I said, and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to play. I said, you're a man of God. You're anointed. You have the power of God in you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You're going to have God has nothing but good for you, a good plan for you. You're off the chain, brother Andrew. And I hung up. And it was, must have been a month or two later, I was down in the dumps. And I was just like checking my voicemail, and I said, let me check this one. I forgot I even did it. Next thing you know, you're anointed. You're off the chain. I'm like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because even our words to ourselves can bring life when it's the word of God. Amen. David preached to himself. He says, when, when all else fails, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Try it sometimes. You'll, you'll like it. Don't let people see you, but, you know. And then we think of the, the greatest person of faith, the father of our faith. We think of Abraham. Hallelujah. Let's look at Abraham for a second. In Romans 18.20, New King James Version, Abraham. He's the father of faith, isn't he? He did amazing stuff, didn't he? We are now called the children of Abraham. Now, if I go over um, too long, they'll be singing them. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father, amen. They start naming every toe, every foot, every cousin, everything, because they're like, could the pastor hurry up? But Father Abraham, look at this, who was, who, who, who contrary to hope, against hope. Why was it contrary to hope? Because the hope was the words he was hearing, the thoughts he was thinking, I'm too old to do this, my wife is too old, God promised me things. I, it's, it's contrary. 
It's contrary to the reality, to the science of it, to the physical of it. Everything is going against it. But contrary to hope, what did he do? In hope he believed. He said, I'm not believing in a fairy tale. I remember one night I was out in the presence of God and, I, and God brought me out of the tent and said, look up. You see the stars as mass as it is. That's how many children you're going to have. It's like, whoa, I can't even have one baby. I'm going to have all that stuff. But God gave him a promise. And that promise became a solid ground for hope. God's given you promises. God's given us promises. Everything written before it was written for our learning that we might have promises, might have hope in the scriptures. He gave us a promise. And look what happened. He said, contrary to hope, in hope he believed. So that he became a father of many nations according to the, what was spoken. So your descendants, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Forget your circumstances. Yeah, it might be that way, but you got to just sometimes say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they're telling me. I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to believe in the hope and the reality of God. I'm going to believe in his word. I'm going to trust and stand in his word. I may like foolish, foolish, but I'm going to continue to do it. And he said that he considered not his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. You know that as you hope to the end, you give glory to God. I love the King James Version that said he didn't stagger at the promises. Sometimes when we come to a place where we need to uh, acknowledge the promises of God, we just stagger at it. It's like, I don't know. One word for staggering is zigzag. I think I could do it. I might be able to do it. I, w I don't know. God wants us to be like, like Abraham, not wavering, steadfast, not even staggering at the promises of God and believing God. Do you know that God has a plan for you? Do you know that? God has a plan for all of us. God has a gigantic plan for the world. He has a big plan for our nations and for the nations abroad. He has a big plan for our state, for our city, for our church. And guess what? He has a plan for you. He's big enough to have a plan for the whole world. But he's gentle enough and thoughtful enough to have a plan for you and me. And this is the plan he has, according to Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and hope. He has a plan for us to give us hope for the future. Hallelujah. In, in Hebrews, the Amplified Version says this. In 6.19, it says this. This hope. This confident assurance we have is an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot be broken down. Under whatever pressure it bears upon, a safe, steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, the place where Christ's very presence is. It's an anchor. It cannot be moved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I th I'm, I'm going to be going to North Carolina next week. 
Everybody says, wow, that's good. See you later, Pastor Andrew. What are you doing that for? Well, I got to tell you. I have a granddaughter who ran at, um, in Mammoth for the GNAC um, championship for the um, Western uh, West Coast, ran the hurdles. And last year, she ran the same hurdles, and she was a freshman, and she was having a phenomenal year. I mean, this girl was like breaking school records, helping them the 440, and just doing unbelievable stuff. Really proud of her. It had a, it has a walk with the Lord. She's been here at our church. And she was, and last year at the same very stadium, she, she pulled her hamstring. And you know that, that, that's one of the biggest muscles you got in your body. And she pulled it back where she was doing the, um, the 440 and hurtling over the hurdles. And about the third, fourth hurdle, she pulled it. And, and she just said, I got to keep going. And she just started hitting the hurdles and started falling down. She was flying. By the time she got done to the, to the finish line, it was the saddest time of my life ever viewing my beautiful granddaughter, Erica. And it was so sad. And we tried to encourage her and everything else. And it looked very gloomy for her. It looked very bad. And she, during her, her rehabilitation, she not only started working on her body, but she said, you know what, I need to refocus my hope, refocus my vision for God, my relationship with God. And she started drawing closer to God and started to, um, uh, she'd even call us up and just be praying with us out of, out of nowhere, just start praying with my wife and we're on the speakerphone just excited about Erica, just drawing closer to God. And so God, not only did he heal her and help her through the therapy and the exercise, whatever they did, the training, that she's back at a different level this year, where this year at the um, last week, she ran the 440 and took first pace in the, um, the, the western uh, part. It's against about six other schools. Not only took first place, but broke her school record in the stadium record. Come on, bro. And she told me she, she broke a record a week before. She said when she got in the stocks and she started to run, she said, God, run with me. I have hope in you. You brought me through this terrible time because it looked like her career was over. But she broke records. I'm going to North Carolina to see her run in the Nationals. Come on now. Just remember Erica Weems, you know, for the, uh, the Olympics maybe four years from now. She's only a sophomore. But she decided not to live by the circumstance. Yeah, her leg hurts like crazy. Her heart is broken. She let down the team. She felt totally humiliated. But she said, I'm not going to give up because I got a hope that's bigger than my physical abilities. It's bigger than my knowledge. It's bigger than anything I have. My hope is in God. Come on now. And now she's flourishing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to look at God and not at your circumstances. Yeah, you might be set back. Maybe you, maybe you got some muscles pulled. Maybe you're not feeling up to par. But if you just hold on and just stand and believe in God, that hope will never make you ashamed. Come on now. You'll never be disappointed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah.
I would just say this. I want to read this scripture, the, the same scripture in Hebrews in the Message Bible. Because it's the Message Bible is always kind of cool because it gives a lot of insight. And, you know, it's paraphrased. But check this out. For Abraham, not giving up. When God made the promise to Abraham, he backed it up to the hilt. You like that? I did. You see how I like it? The hilt. He backed it up to the hilt, put in his own redemption, his own reputation online. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything he had been promised to him. When people make promises, they're guaranteed. They guarantee them, but by appeal of some authorities above them, so that if there is any question that it might make good on the promise, the authority will be backed up in them. But when God, when God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word. Solid, rock-solid guarantee. The word. He gave his word. Rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word. And because his Word cannot change. The promise is like is likewise unchangeable. We have we we who run for every for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the pr- promise hope with both hands and never let go. It is unbreakable spiritual lifeline. It reaches past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running ahead of us, has taken up the permanent post as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Come on, man. We could hold on to God. Rachel's moving out in faith, but she has the word of God. And sometimes you don't see a thing. God told Abraham to go in the country where I sent you. What, what country? Where I sent you. You don't have no address? Ain't got no zip code? No, just go that way. Just follow me. Because I'm bigger than all directions. I'm bigger than anything. Because I have a plan for you. Not to hurt you, not to harm you, but a plan for the future that you might find hope. Number one reason for suicide in America and throughout the world is hopelessness. People should look at us and say, what is the reason of the hope that is within you? I want to know that. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for the hope, Lord God. We just thank you, God, that it's a solid rock foundation. We thank you, God, that you don't quit on us even when we quit. Even though uh, we sometimes waver and we stagger at your promises, you are faithful to your word. And we can cling to you. Help us raise up the hope level in our hearts that we will make a difference, that people will rejoice because we have hope, and that people will ask us, for the reason of the hope that's in us, and we will answer with meekness and fear. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. Just bless us as we go out, and bless this reception as we honor uh, Rachel. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.